This week, we're playing reruns of some of our favorite episodes. We'll be back on Monday, May 2nd with new ones. Today's episode is a replay of a January interview with Jeffrey Boyce, CEO of telepsychiatry provider Array Behavioral Care. It's Wednesday, April 27th, and I'm Alex Olgan with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the top health business and policy news headlines in about 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or review. It helps other listeners find the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Amid the telehealth boom, it's become clear that telebehavioral health, which has had sustained uptake throughout the pandemic, has strong staying power. The country has long struggled with a national shortage of inpatient psychiatric beds and mental health providers. Array Behavioral Care, a New Jersey-based telepsychiatry group with more than 500 psychiatrists, psychiatric nurse practitioners, therapists, and counselors, has been providing virtual mental health care for more than 20 years. Group partners with payers like Humana and Aetna and works with health systems like VCU Health in Richmond, Virginia. Jeffrey Boyce is Array's CEO. He joined me to talk more. Jeffrey, can you tell me how the psychiatric triage service that Array originally started with and is still doing today works? So one of the services that we um, specialize in, and it's probably the one that um, that we started to build um, way back in 1999 when our chief medical officer was the first psychiatrist in the country to ever commit a patient on the basis of a video evaluation. That's a service that we call on-demand. And in most instances, our customers or our partners there are hospitals and their emergency rooms or their psychiatric crisis programs that might be affiliated with those hospitals. And um, the typical use case for our service in that situation is a patient has presented in um, acute crisis, right? So that could mean that they're potentially suicidal or homicidal, danger to themselves or others. Uh, When they present in these facilities, they need to be evaluated to figure out what's the right level of care for that individual in this moment. It's a very significant risk assessment. You um, obviously want folks to go to a higher level of care when it's merited, but because those higher levels of care are so scarce, you really only want to triage Um, the right patients, the necessary patients to those beds or to those programs. And so what we have is a 24-7 on-demand service where one of our psychiatric clinicians can come on video, evaluate that patient, 
uh, collaborate with the on-site clinicians, so it could be the ED uh, physicians or nurses, and really figure out what's the most appropriate, least restrictive level of care for this individual in this moment. That helps triage them to the right level of care. It also helps um, improve kind of throughput and flow of the emergency departments because when that service is not available, folks wind up boarding and waiting in the emergency room for a long time. As you mentioned, patients with mental health needs are increasingly being boarded in the emergency department because nearly two-thirds of EDs lack psychiatric services to adequately manage patients in crisis. How is Array working with hospitals to alleviate this problem? So there have been a couple of studies that have looked at that. I think um, what that research has shown is that on average, a mental health patient typically stays in an emergency room uh, 14 hours longer than the typical medical patient uh, through that emergency room. Um, And a lot of that is a function of not having the right resource to evaluate and manage the patient on the front end. And that's something that we come in and help with. Uh, But it's also a function of there just simply not being enough beds or resources um, in order to move that patient efficiently kind of on the back end, right? And so that's also a kind of, significant systemic problem. What we try to do is facilitate that timely evaluation and to figure out who really needs to be admitted into an inpatient unit versus who might be well served by some other level of care, like a partial hospitalization program or an intensive outpatient program, or who potentially could be discharged from the emergency room if they had a follow-up appointment booked right before they left that emergency room. And that's something that we're, we're trying to address with our at-home product. Um, we generally find that we're able to put people on a different track than inpatient admission about 30% of the time um, when you're really able to have them evaluated by the right professional. Um, it is often dependent on, again, the availability of those community resources and kind of discharge options. Um, But a thing that a lot of our hospital partners are also asking us to do is to provide some level of follow-up while a patient may stay in the hospital and and be boarded until, um, you know, that right next resource can be found. And so in some instance, we'll evaluate someone in a moment of psychiatric crisis, um, we'll deem that they need to be admitted in the hospital. If they cannot be moved, we'll come back and we'll reevaluate them 12 or 24 hours later, see if that level of care still makes sense or whether potentially they've stabilized and could be moved um, somewhere else. We're also able to help um, manage folks' behaviors while they're in the emergency room, get them back on their home meds, you know, and the goal is really trying to help find stabilization so that they don't have to go to an inpatient program if, uh, if that's not really what they need. Hospitals often contract with medical groups for certain kinds of care, like with hospitalists or emergency medicine physicians. Is that how hospitals work with Array? It's more often kind of a mix of their in-house resources plus ours, right? So a lot of times when they'll outsource their hospitalist group or their emergency group, that will sort of be for the, the full boat, right? Um, we, we really try to position ourselves as saying, hey, we're not trying to replace any of your high quality in-person care. Um, you should do as much of that as, as you're able to. Um, but we, we sort of say, where do you have gaps? Where do you have shortages? And how could you think differently about repositioning your internal resources if you had access to our clinicians to pick up maybe some of the tough stuff that happens in the middle of the night 
or on the weekends or some of the subspecialty work, right? You might need a child and adolescent or an addiction specialist. If you don't have that in-house, how can we sort of snap that specialty onto what you've already got? We talked about how Array works with hospitals and emergency departments for triage services. Are, is Array also working with hospital systems across inpatient and outpatient clinics? So we used to sort of offer our services very distinctly, right? You, the, our partner either wanted on-demand or scheduled care or an at-home delivery model. And what we're increasingly seeing, particularly with health systems, is one, the health systems themselves are getting bigger and more sophisticated. Uh, but they're looking for more comprehensive solutions and more of a coordinated and centralized approach to behavioral care across their, their health system. And so um, they're looking for us to come in and help us help them in their emergency rooms. Uh, but they're also starting to ask questions of, well, could you help us on our med surge floors, right? We've got a consultation liaison need. Well, we operate an inpatient psychiatric program. Can you help us with weekend rounding or after hours call for that? Oh, we also have partial hospitalization or outpatient uh, services. Can you help us there? And like what we find is that when they really look across their whole behavioral offering, they've got shortages kind of everywhere. And so we're pretty unique in being able to work with those health systems, oftentimes to come in and solve that most acute pain point in their emergency room, but then to say, hey, how do we grow across your health system, across the different types of programs that you're offering? How do we find this sort of proper blending of our resources and your resources um, to, to provide uh, really good care? And what we're getting increasingly excited about is that conversation is happening, but they're also saying, well, what happens when the patient leaves the hospital or leaves our program? And that's where this at-home delivery model can really bring a lot of benefit because it's like, hey, Folks don't have to keep coming into your facilities to receive services. We can keep providing care on an ongoing basis in their homes. And uh, what we're finding is folks are really interested in that to sort of maintain the progress um, and to keep somebody from sort of um, relapsing um, into a, a crisis situation and winding up back in the emergency room. So how much of Array's business is in each of those categories, with hospital systems, the emergency department, with clinics, and with uh, direct-to-consumer care in their homes? So we really have um, three different delivery models, we call them. And so one is this on-demand service that I described. Um, that's the one that we started doing, you know, years and years ago, way back starting in 1999. That represents about a third of what we do right now. Uh, we expect that that's going to continue to uh, pick up over the course of uh, the next couple of years uh, for some of the reasons that I already talked about. We also have a model where we um, deliver on a scheduled basis, right? So we'll make the same clinician available in regularly scheduled blocks of time to help a program or a facility uh, manage the caseload on an ongoing basis. Um, a lot of our customers in that space are clinics, increasingly primary care clinics that are looking to integrate mental health services along with their physical medicine. Um, that represents around half of what we do um, at this point. And then this on home where we're really, we're really up at home practice where we're really operating a virtualized outpatient clinic in the cloud. Um, you know, that's a, a significantly growing part of what we do. It's probably about 20% right now, um, but we're expecting uh, to, to see demand continue to grow there pretty quickly. One reason telehealth has flourished so much during the pandemic is all the regulatory flexibilities that have been allowed during the public health emergency. As policymakers weigh how to enact permanent telehealth regulation, what are some of the issues that are most important to psychiatrists? 
one of the most significant impediments to telehealth becoming everything that it can and should be is probably the way state licensure works. Um, and, you know, that can have an impact on physicians and all different sorts of clinical professionals. Um, but that's probably an area where I'd say there's, there's probably the biggest lasting impediment. What's happened over the course of the last two years in the public health emergency is that clinicians have been able to build a physician-patient relationship via video and prescribe um, legally, and they're very worried what happens when this goes away. Will I be unable to continue the course of treatment that I started via a video relationship, recognizing that we might be on two different sides of the country? Um, and so there's a pretty significant uh, concern right now among telepsychiatry practitioners about on their ongoing ability to prescribe a limited set of controlled substances that are really psychiatry specific. You've been with Array for 14 years and have seen telebehavioral health take off. With all the recent popularity and funding flowing into these mental wellness or behavioral health apps or services, which provide care for patients with lower levels of acuity, I'm wondering, is Array working with any of these apps when patients need to be escalated to higher levels of care? We are, yeah. And so in some instances, we are the psychiatry or the therapy behind um, some of these mental health apps. There has been a lot of activity and there's been a lot of new technology um, kind of added into the equation that we're really excited about, right? Um, a lot of tools that are kind of um, more self-directed, um, technology tools that augment the clinical experience and the patient experience, um, really cool things. Um, what we, I think, uh, believe will be the real future of all of this is the combination of those digital interventions with the live clinical services that kind of we have specialized in for, for years, right? Um, we get excited about all the transformation uh, kind of on the digital front here, but when we really look at it, a lot of times we see, hey, that needs an escalation point, um, right, to a licensed mental health professional. It can do so much, but what happens when a patient sort of maxes out on what that digital tech is able to do for them. So this kind of blending between these digital tools and live clinical services um, is what we think sort of the next steps uh, are gonna be in this space that, that frankly we get excited about. That was Jeffrey Boyce, CEO of Array Behavioral Care. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on gisthealthcare.com. Gist Healthcare Daily is an independent production of Gist Healthcare. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. United Healthcare insurance plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. 
Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.